0: Our scripture reading for this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was dead calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we still face storms today. Lord, they're all around us in so many different ways. Lord, do you care that we're perishing? We know that you do. We ask that you'd speak your peace into our world. And Lord, help your church to be a force for peace in this world. That all might know that the Father sent you. It's in your name we pray. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord my strength and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus healed people all day long. He was exhausted and ready for a break. Then the disciples got into their boat, headed out into the uh, headed out across the lake. Now the boat's a fishing boat about 27 feet long, uh, not very deep. it's not a huge boat, uh, but they piled into the boat and they head out across the sea, uh, just a small lake really about 17 miles around. And uh, before long, the rocking of the boat had Jesus fast asleep on a cushion in the stern, resting from his long day's work. Uh, All seemed well until a storm hit out of nowhere. Uh, The text says it was a windstorm. Well, the Sea of Galilee sits in a bowl, more or less, with mountains all around it. Now, in the northwestern part of the sea, there's a pass that extends all the way out to the Mediterranean Sea. Wind will blow in from the Mediterranean fiercely, coming down through that pass, and will create windstorms in the sea, fair weather storms. There may not be rain and thunder and lightning, but this wind coming in from the Mediterranean Sea will create an unpredictable storm uh, out of nowhere. Uh, These fair weather storms would even catch seasoned fishermen, Uh, unaware. They wouldn't see it coming, no storm clouds to watch. So uh, this windstorm comes and all of a sudden out of the blue, the boat is in trouble. The the waves are crashing over, the boat's already being swamped. Uh, The storm just strikes out of nowhere. We know what that's like, don't we? We've all faced that kind of storm. The phone call comes to tell us that a loved one is terribly sick or is injured or has passed away. The car crashes into us, changing our lives, maybe changing our future forever. The pandemic hits that locks us into our houses for over a year. Bullets rain down seemingly out of nowhere on offices or shopping malls or schools, leaving destruction in their wake and changing us forever. The hatred and the violence in our streets as siblings turn against siblings it seems the storms are are all around us threatening our very existence the storms can be scary the disciples feared for their lives these seasoned fishermen these men who had grown up on the Sea of Galilee in the midst of this storm were fearful for their lives. They imagined themselves sinking and so they woke Jesus with an incredibly honest question. Now think about this. They were getting a feel for who Jesus was. They had seen him do the miracles. Jesus had been teaching the crowd in parables, but he was explaining everything to the disciples. So they were beginning to get a glimpse of who he was, uh, they realize that this incredibly powerful individual was in the boat with them when the storm hit. And they have the courage to wake him with, an, uh, with a horribly honest question. They go to Jesus, wake him up, and they say, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? Come on, Jesus, don't you care we're about to drown here? Well, of course he cared. He spent all day long caring. They had watched him care for the crowds. They had watched him heal person after person. He was exhausted from caring. That's why he was asleep to begin with. But at that moment, while he was sleeping, it didn't seem like he cared. They knew something about his power but they also knew that the storm waters were rising and he was sleeping and it didn't look much like care. Maybe you've been there too. Your world seems to be falling down around you. Finances are in the toilet, relationships are a struggle, sickness or death seem to be crouching at your door. You feel alone in the world all by yourself. Maybe like me, you've wondered Where is God in the pain? Maybe you're suffering so much that you just cry out, God, don't you even care what's going on in my life? It's an honest question. It's a question the disciples ask. It's a question that it's safe for us to ask. The disciples had the courage to ask the tough question. But look at the result. They ask the tough question. Jesus wakes up. And he calms the storm. Now, he does remind them that they had no reason to be fearful in the first place. He does talk to them a little about their faith. But understand that when they thought they were alone, they really weren't alone. And when they asked the tough question, don't you care? Jesus responded, he cared. And he calmed their storm. You know, and the storms we face. It's okay to talk to God about how we feel, to, to confront that fear God. Don't you care? Jesus, aren't you aware of what's going in my life? Don't you care about it? It's okay to ask that question, and perhaps in the asking of the question, we'll find the peace. We'll find the calm in our storm as well. But there are other folks that are facing storms, too. The people all around us and we're the body of Christ like Jesus we have the opportunity to calm the stormy seas of our time we are supposed to be a calming influence in our culture we take a vow to resist evil injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves Jesus has invited us in to a healing ministry in our time and place it is our calling Do you hear the world around us crying out to the church, don't you care that we're perishing? Or maybe have they given up on us? Maybe have they cried out so long for help with no response that they now no longer look to us but to other forces in the world around us. Yesterday we celebrated Juneteenth. Now, until a uh, little over a year ago, I didn't even know what it was. I confess that to you, and I'm I'm embarrassed to say that, but it wasn't a part of my history training coming up. It didn't seem a part of my story. Why should it bother me? Why should it be uh, of any importance to me? Uh, Juneteenth is the celebration of the end of slavery in Galveston, Texas. Uh, now, President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, in 1863, January 1st. But it was not read to the slaves until two and a half years later, June the 19th of 1865, uh, it was read by a union general in Galveston, Texas to a group of slaves and they realized that their president had freed them two and a half years earlier. And so we celebrate that as the end of slavery. That didn't seem important in my history growing up. It didn't seem a part of my story. It wasn't my history. It doesn't seem like my problem. So why am I bringing up uh, Juneteenth in a predominantly white congregation? Why am I raising the issue for us? Well, it's because the church is called to calm the storm. Because we have a calling to bring peace in the world around us. Because the majority has the responsibility to overcome for overcoming oppression. The majority is tasked with the responsibility of defeating evil, injustice, and oppression. Let me explain what I mean. The Emancipation Proclamation. Not a perfect document, and we could get into that uh, at a different time. But the Emancipation Proclamation is done by a white president in 1863. The Civil Rights Amendments uh, 13, 14, and 15 are passed a few years later by a predominantly white Congress. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 is passed by a predominantly white Congress. The majority has an incredibly important role in defeating oppression. Now let me be clear, I'm not issuing a pass to the white majority, I'm not trying to exonerate us for the evil that we did, by no means at all. It was also the majority that enslaved people of color for hundreds of years. Uh, To be honest, we created the mess, we should have been the ones cleaning it up, but in a, especially in a democracy where we live under majority rule, the majority has a responsibility for getting on board with the oppressed so that we can defeat oppression. The minority alone just doesn't have the votes. The minority alone, those that are oppressed, can, cannot muster the votes to accomplish the change that needs to happen. And so we have responsibility. Those of us who were not directly affected by the oppression have the responsibility for liberating. Jesus in his sermon in Nazareth, as he began his ministry, as he laid out what he was here in the world to do, it was to set the oppressed free. We share in that ministry of calming the storm, of liberating the oppressed. We, in this time, have the calling To speak a word of peace into the storms around us. Too many in our culture are still experiencing those storms. They're on the outside looking in. They're feeling hopeless. They're looking to those in power. They're looking to those who appear to be calm and unaffected by the storms. Maybe they're still looking to Christ in the church. I I hope so. They're asking Don't you care that we're perishing? If we have any privilege, any power, any influence, may we, like Jesus, use it to calm the storms of our time. Amen.